Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Incomparable, number 654, February 2023. Welcome back, everyone, to The Incomparable. I'm Tiff Arment, your raven-haired host this episode, covering the first season of Wednesday, streaming on Netflix. Let me introduce you to the glorious group of outcasts joining me today. Hello, Kathy Campbell. Hello, Tiff. If you hear me screaming bloody murder, there's a good chance I'm enjoying myself. And we also have Brian Hamilton. Hello, Brian. Drip coffee is for people who hate themselves and know their lives had no real purpose or meaning. <laughs> And finally, also joining us is Glenn Fleischman. Hello, Glenn. You rang? <laughs> That's as low as I can go. <laughs> oh, we can How get you. Is that your lurch? Is that your lurch? You, I like it. You rang? <laughs> so we are all gathered here today to talk about Wednesday. Uh, it is a coming-of-age horror comedy show based around the character of Wednesday Adams from the Adams Family cartoon, originally created by Charles Adams, beginning in 1938. Now. I bring up this brief history in order to make reference to it later, because through many iterations of our beloved macabre family, some characters have changed through the zeitgeist of pop culture. And in Wednesday, a few of those elements uh, of the Adams family have kind of brought back to their roots. So we have eight episodes that follow a monster mystery, uh, a monster mystery centered around a 15 year old Wednesday. Uh, I believe she also turned 16 through the uh, beginning of this uh, this first season. And uh, she attends the Nevermore Academy, a school for supernatural, a school for the supernatural in Jericho, Vermont. So let's talk about this show. We are mainly going to be covering kind of our general vibes and our um, feelings about the show because we can't detail every single part of a eight episode um, first season. But I mean, with this crew, I think we can probably do a pretty good job. <laughs> we will do our best. My first question for y'all is what kind of Adam's family knowledge or previous fandom have you had? Because I had zero interest in watching a spinoff of the Adam's family. But then I got such great reviews. That I was I started it and I was hooked. Uh, were you previous fans of the Adam's family? Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of 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 anything where Julia was in. So I like the movies. I mean, I shouldn't say I like the movies. I like the first movie a lot. I thought they got a lot right about it even though i didn't think the plot was that great they did everything else <laughs> they did everything but the plot of the movie right uh, <laughs> but but i'd read the i'd always you know poured over old new yorker uh collections as a kid so i'd seen the adams family cartoons i'd watched the tv show and reruns when i was a kid um i watched the first movie i think i watched the second movie once and then i think there were others that i didn't watch and i even tried the animated version that came out a few years ago and um it was it was interesting they were trying to do a retelling there too and kind of gave up on it because it just seemed a little dull frankly um so i have kind of a deep adam's lore 
I vaguely remember the TV show um, and definitely the movie, but I also mentally confuse the Adams family and the Munsters. Sure, oh, yeah, no. absolutely. So I know, I know, I'm so <laughs> no, no, sorry, it's... forgive me. <laughs> but like, even I think maybe a year and a half to two years ago, if you had asked me, uh, is this in the Adams family or the Munsters? I don't know if I would have been able to properly like say it correctly um i have since like rewatched the movies at least um and i do want to watch the uh original television show but the main reason that wednesday caught my interest was because i knew that my child would flipping love it because this is their mm. vibe they love scary movies and this is something that we like I started and I was like, hey, you want to come? Let's watch this television show together. And then they were like, okay, I need to wa finish this by myself. You're too busy. I'm going to watch it in my room. I was like, okay, well, it worked out in the end. <laughs> I really want to talk about the generational divide of the show. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. I, I watched this. Uh, Tiff, I don't want to interrupt, but I, I watched this with my 15-year-old. Also, uh, the second time through, because I was out of the country. I was, was out of the country in Romania. Well, not quite uh, on uh, on business. Yeah, that's it uh, for the first passing. I also watched it with my child, whom is 10, and he loved it. He oh, absolutely good. loved it. Uh, he also likes kind of spooky stuff, a little bit dark. And so uh, the whole time I'm like, are you okay? Is this scaring you? Are you okay? And he's like, nope, no, nope, I'm good. But like, you know, to preface, he has gotten upset at movies before. Like he couldn't make it through. Um, I believe it was, uh, he, he uh, what's it? Back to the Future. Yeah, he couldn't make it oh, through Back to the yeah. Future because of the anxiety at the end yeah. of like, you know, oh my gosh, are they going to make it to the clock tower? And he's like, I just can't. I can't watch anymore. But so I was worried about him, but he has always loved like Tim Burton stuff that we've watched before, like Nightmare Before Christmas and everything and that never frightened him. So he was totally into it and he absolutely loved Wednesday. He said everyone in his school, which is an elementary school, uh, it was talking about it. So we're talking oh. about like eight-year-olds <laughs> and nine-year-olds are like yeah. eating it up. And he's like, I have to watch it with you because everyone's talking about it and they're totally going to spoil it for me. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I got you. So like that was pretty awesome because before I have always been um, a fan of the movies from the 90s. I love Christina Ricci. I wanted to be yeah. her yeah. I dressed up as Wednesday for Halloween before. So like I totally adore the whole Adams family everything. Like I think it's great. Um and so when I tried to watch the movies with him when he was a little bit younger, he wasn't like that into it and mm. I was like, "Oh, my heart is broken." But now that he loves <laughs> this, I don't know if it's a generational thing because this is so modern like it's it's you know it speaks to that younger generation and he just he loved it so um so yeah i think that there's a big difference between like the 90s movies uh the and the tv show was like another generation before and then now we have this is like the new adams family for you know this the younger generation although i want to point out an important thing about irony uh and then i'll get it wrong which would be ironic uh no that's not right <laughs> don't you think i'd like to side which isn't really to... irony right like <laughs> no yeah. like everything in her song not actually Listen, irony we will do another episode on alanis morissette somewhere all right mm, <laughs> 
Don't Tiff, I just want to sidebar for three seconds to say my kids, when they were younger, could not get through the Winnie the Pooh Disney films because they would cause too much anxiety. Now my 15 year old's like, hey, we're behind on Chainsaw Man. Let's catch the latest episode. <laughs> right. So um, Heffalumps and Woozles was terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's great. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's well, so oh my God. It's yes. And this was no, this is the B scene got them. But um, I think irony is a critical thing. Like the thing that I um I hate movies that mug, right? That you know, I think uh Jim Carrey is an incredibly talented actor in 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 specific ways. And I think he's best when he gets to play it straight, right? Like almost in the Truman show where he's doing a parody of himself. The and Raul Julia and really all the performers in the original Adams Family movie for sure were able to capture that sense of the ironic, but they played it straight. So they were absolutely those people. And so when the Wednesday trailer showed up, I was like, oh, they're doing, well, whatever. And I'm like, oh, nah. and then I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, they got, they got it right. And they squared it. Like it's, it's yeah. so, it's even more realistic, but it's even more beautifully ironic. So you get to kind of wallow in both of those things at the same yes. time. The thing that Adam's family as a cultural uh, artifact reminds me the most of, oddly enough, is actually like He-Man and She-Ra and My Little Pony oh. and things that kind <laughs> of existed in the 80s and 90s that have really been rebooted with the right intentions over the course of the last 10 or 20 years. Like Friendship is Magic, for example, takes yes. something that was beloved in the 80s, turn it into something modern. And I think that mm. is what Wednesday has done. The audiences that it's hitting square in the, square in the bullseye is uh, young kids like Adam who are watching TikToks about the show and I don't know if Adam's on TikTok but like kids oh, like, yeah. I mean not on his own but definitely the two of us we sit, he's like do you want to cuddle and watch TikToks and I'm like oh, yes I do yes. <laughs> kids that are absorbing this show and the culture around it through TikTok and then adults that love the Adams family I feel like I'm kind of in the no man's land of I liked oh. the movies when I was a kid but I didn't have enough of a love of Adams family to be like yes I'm absolutely watching the Wednesday series day one that's interesting. So did you not get the, uh, did you see a trailer and go like, well, that looks like something or, or is it like intriguing, but not my vibe or what? Intriguing, but not my vibe. And then mm. of all people, my parents, hi mom, I love you very much. I know you're listening to this eventually. <laughs> were the ones who were like, no, you need to watch Wednesday. I was like, oh, okay. Oh yeah. If my mom says something is good, I know it is good enough to actually sit down and watch. That is yeah. great. That is great. So I have something really weird to say, being oh. that I'm the host of this episode. <laughs> as the, 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 the season as a whole, I'm just kind of eh about it. I know, I know, no, I know. No, no, I know. no, no, no. I no, totally here. Let's I understand. Through, yeah, yeah I like totally hear me out. Like, understand. There are elements of it that I love. I think Jenna Ortega is fantastic. I love the costume design. I like the the vibe and the feeling of the show, but mm -hmm. there are a lot of elements that kind of like really miss the mark for me for being like a really, really great, fantastic show. And the funny thing is my kid didn't notice any of that stuff. Like, you sure. know, the, the critical um, over, over analysis and like, you know, just very strict on like the idea of, oh, you know, the dialogue needs to really flow. You don't want to be able to like see the script while you're listening to the show. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and just like uh, some of the things just didn't mesh well for me. Like they seemed like they were being worked out on the screen. And that's kind of stuff that I don't appreciate. Mm. But like my kid didn't see any of that, you know, because he's just new to TV and new to like real action drama and 
he just he just loved it for what it was. And you think back to like the things that we loved as kids, we had the same thing, like rewatching it now, you're like, Oh, my gosh, this was kind of a disaster, but I loved it at the time. So it doesn't matter. So I kind of got more of a thrill from the show watching it with him and experiencing it with him than I feel like this is my show, you know, like yeah. I have other shows that I, I love to the core for all of their elements being chef's kiss. Whereas this one, I feel like there are, are a lot of areas where it fell flat. So I want to put that out there now just to, I don't know, just to come clean, really. I feel like after the spoiler horn, we should jump into the end of the season and how we kind of feel about that. But in the meantime, I definitely want to keep talking about like the vibe of the show and the actors. Kathy, you were saying? Yeah, I was going to say I completely understand with you, Tiff, or agree with you, Tiff. I understand that completely. It actually took me a few days to finish watching. Like I started the finale, and I was just like, "I now is not the time." And then I had to come back to it. Um, But what I did love is I loved the vibes of the characters, even if I didn't necessarily love the plot. So I loved Morticia Mm. and Gomez together. I'm want more of that i loved gwendolyn christie's character as like so much and i love how much she loved that character too um and you know jenna ortega was fantastic although hearing some behind the scenes stories of the filming and the set and what they made her do makes me very sad and i hope it gets better for season two yeah like the on set stuff oh um, i didn't and, hear about any of that oh yeah so i is this this isn't a spoil during the well, the dance yeah. the dance scene everyone's seen uh, the dance if you yeah, have the dance you're under a rock yeah, yeah. yeah. she <laughs> They hurriedly filmed that scene as much as they could because she was tested for COVID and they wanted to get as much filmed as they could before she came back positive. So the reason that that dance was the way that it was was because she was exhausted and sick and they were forcing her to do what she had to do and oh man i didn't hear that Holy side cow. of it i heard yeah. that she yeah. she choreographed the whole thing herself though right yes yes yeah, yeah. which is awesome because she is not a dancer and no. she's such a trooper and in a way that i don't think people should have to be but she is such yeah. a trooper and that i've not heard her say a word about that she is amazing in media appearances like i watch stuff i never like to watch people most actors talk about their work because you know i've seen their work and there's only certain people who i want to understand more insight about it and her like there was a a bit where a bit a a scene uh, i think netflix actually produced it with uh luis guzman and her talking about their childhood foods and uh from you know different cultural uh backgrounds intersections and and about uh latinx representation and i was like oh my god this is like as good as (laughs) So good. Um, but so she's just she's not relentlessly positive. But anyway, I, you know, it's ter- I'm sorry she went through stuff because yeah. she has done. I mean, I think she presents herself as so much in control. So hopefully there will well, be better. And, and, and part of that, her. too, is apparently like she before it started filming, she took fencing and cello lessons because she wanted to be. Yeah that person and so she didn't get a lot of sleep because she was constantly trying to work on the cello but also they had to film it and i guess they had to start using stunt doubles and cello doubles and that was like a disappointment to her because she was trying so hard and so like it it just is a 
it's so hard when on the one hand, you want to do the absolute best that you can do as an actor in this role that you're cast in. But then you have to acknowledge the reality of filming and that Mm -hmm. there just isn't enough time to do everything the way that you want it to do, even if you have months and months of training ahead of time. And so, and yeah, regardless of whatever else happened on set with the people in charge like she you know quote unquote sucked it up and girl bossed it and that hustle culture or whatever but it it did shine through with how much she loved this role if there is a problem in any of the acting or like character interpretation of a show i think blame belongs on the director but when something goes really really well i think the praise should go to the actor and i think jenna ortega did an amazing amazing (laughs) job bringing what she could to this role and i think the failures of the set around her and the way that uh the production had to go is squarely the fault of the people around her and i think jenna ortega just did an amazing job i saw her first in x last year 2022 Mm. incredible movie she's unrecognizable in that I did not realize it was the same person I did not realize that uh, she was as old as she was because she plays a you know 16 year old so freaking well to the point where I thought oh yeah X everyone in that uh, movie was what 25 26 no she was (laughs) 19 when she shot that and she's 20 now it's shocking to me how good both X and Wednesday is I can't recommend X highly enough if you're into horror movies but she did an incredible job in this bringing to life a character that again I didn't have much affinity for in general but she gave it a spark that i think a modern interpretation of something as old as the adams family needed man that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time so sit back get comfortable carvana's got thousands of cars under twenty thousand dollars just waiting for you i could stay here forever carvana where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I think the show, um, I watched it in kind of an odd way the first time through because I was traveling in Europe and watching it on like Netflix on a phone and on a plane (laughs) and things like that. But, you know, and I was like, I just want, I didn't want to wait till uh, I got back to the States to watch it. So I got it once through that way and then I've watched it a second time in the more usual living room experience. Uh, But I I feel like they made... um, it, it did feel I was watching, you know, Sandman came out the first season of Sandman, not that far before it. And um, I think both shows had something in common, which is they had, uh, you know, Sandman has just a vast amount of source material. And Wednesday, they're kind of making most of it up from whole cloth from some character traits. Right. And some ideas about characters. And yet both of them. It felt like they were like, we need to get 17 plots into one series. Um, And so we're going to introduce, I don't think it's a spoiler yet because it's in the first episode. So I'll wait till the spoiler horn uh, goes off before we talk about it more. But like Bianca Barclay, you're like, oh, she's the primary rival. And, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, well, not really. I mean, 
it, I like how her role evolves. I like the actress. I think they did interesting things, but they wanted to give her side. They, they wanted to have lots of side quests going on. And there were so many at some point, um, it, I felt it got a little overwhelmed with it. Um, there was a, a moment where you're, I don't know. I kind of felt this where I thought this could have been two episodes in a season with an arc. And then you go on to the next thing. And it's something I always say about the good place. One of the things about the good places in one episode, they would often do an entire season or more yeah. of plot and mm -hmm. you'd enjoy it. And it was rich and you didn't lose track of what's going on. I feel like some of these streamers now they've gotten in this place where they have to pitch a really strong detailed thing to get through the first season. And sometimes maybe they have to cram it so full so that they get enough different people watching and excited about loose ends. Uh, and this hat, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm on this episode because I think like the rest of us were like this, there's so many great things about it, but I think the plot was the weakest part of it. And the, the atmosphere, the acting, the subplots were better than the primary arc by far. Yes. Nothing is so perfect. <laughs> a lot of it is like I saw kind of the the like family friendly macabre tropes, you know, like the ones where it's like, let's talk about nightshade, you know, let's have um, I don't know. There's like all nevermore. So it's like a um, reference to Edgar Allan Poe. It's kind of like the vanilla stuff when it comes to creepy things. Does that make sense to everybody? And, and I just feel like I, I see that stuff like over and over and over again and it was just like laid on very thick for this show and again yeah. i understand how they're why they're doing it because like the audience that they're attracting you know eight through 16 year olds mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> these like they haven't seen this stuff over and over and over like right we have. You know, it's like, like it's like inverse Buffy, right? Like yeah. Buffy, no, nobody, nobody, most of the people in the world don't have any idea that the world is a seething cauldron of evil trying to get out. And in this show, everyone's aware that there's supernatural things and they often pretend they don't, even though they know there are because they've seen it themselves. They interact with people all the time. And our heroine is not opposed. Like she's like vampires, whatever. Those are some of my favorite cousins. So she's not out there to kill villains she's out there to kill the sanctimonious so um <laughs> but i think but i think they layered it over so we're getting like a, it's not 90210 but it's kind of they wanted to squeeze it into a a coming of age-ish high school framework so it'd be relatable and, I, and maybe that's it i, I kind of it's funny though there's a lot of fan service in there for older people so there's a mix of where it's like yeah nevermore and poe is whatever i'm like but you know poe historically maybe that made i don't know or the the double snap thing which was like oh when they did that oh I'm yeah like, i love oh. i did love yeah, that, that was <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, it in there. <laughs> I'm snapping my chef's quick kiss fingers twice at that um, <laughs> that was great <laughs> Uh, speaking of fingers, I do want to point out that Thing was mm. perfection in this. I so love good. that it was done by a real actor. Stand that out. It, that made it so much better than like my beloved 90s movies. Like Thing <laughs> yes. stole the show. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, best character. Because oh, yes. Hands I, just, down. I love the uh, behind down. the scenes of... <laughs> <laughs> I love the behind the scenes of like the actor in their green screen oh suit. God. Does anyone know who it was? Um, I'm so uh, Victor terrible. Victor Dorobantu. Yes. Dorobantu. Who, uh, a Romanian yes. magician is the best thing I've heard. Oh my gosh. Oh, so, so, yeah. so talented. This was shot in Romania, which I'm yeah, only learning yeah. now looking at the Wikipedia page. Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't it amazing? I mean, I guess that was probably for safety, right? Like they, they try to find a place where they could bubble everybody. <laughs> uh, but the castle, there's a lot of local people involved in it too, I think. Uh, besides, uh, besides Victor, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. What did you think of the decision to give Wednesday kind of supernatural vision powers? A, is that something that ever existed in another Adams Family property? And B, what did you think of that decision? I think it's unique to this. I think it's interesting because like they had to put her like so the whole idea of the Adams family, they're weirdos, right? Like they've always been set up as weirdos. We've seen that in pretty much every iteration of Adams family. Like they have something about them. I mean, heck, they have like a disembodied hand, you know, yeah. as like a buddy. So we already knew that. And I just I like that they gave her a a, a power that defined her as a weirdo without putting her in the category of like werewolf vampire uh they have a whole bunch more sirens in this one you know they yeah, they yeah, go yeah. further with that but they didn't like she's not a witch you know they didn't just say oh you're just you're just a witch you're just um, a witch yeah right just like they they gave her an ability that let her be abnormal but an extraordinary but still in the same genre of like you know, the spooky. <laughs> they kept because they need to put her in the school, right? And like, and that's why I kind of I really appreciate this series because that's to me is very clever. Like the whole way that they integrated that and they used it to tell the story. I want I want to call it one more thing. I mean, we call it every actress and actor in this production, I think. But but Emma Emma Myers, Emma Myers is such an unexpected delight. And I think her uh, she reminded me a lot of the Luna Lovegood, both the actress and the character yes. in the Harry Potter yeah. world. But I thought uh, I cannot wait to see this actress and more stuff because yes. the amount of like energy and specificity she brought to this character that could have been a very blah side thing. And they gave her a fair amount of screen time. And maybe in the, I mean, it feels, you know, we were talking about this, you know, how much did they modify the script and so forth as they were shooting? We don't know that they had a little bit of time. So maybe they did play some stuff up. I think it's pretty clear. We could talk about after spoiler horn that there are some plot points that were cut because there's stuff we should know that we don't, that everybody we're on st on the film on the screen knows about and we don't it seems like <laughs> or some people know and they're like well as you know this thing that we've never discussed like wait what wait um, what but, yeah but emma myers i just think like jenna ortega is a wonder emma myers also the same age like i would have sworn she's like 16 and she plays that enthusiasm and vulnerability but also like um just that self-integrity so well and i thought how great to have two roles like that where she's almost barely like a second lead she's not the show isn't about her but mm -hmm. she gets her own journey and anyway i just thought character and actress terrific yeah yeah, she definitely holds up against Jenna Ortega in a way that, like, could not... It, it takes a very specific actor to play against a very specific, like, amazing talent, and, and they balanced really, really well, I think. So it's surprising to me that the, these young actresses and actors in this, in this uh, series... To me, uh, I hate pad mouthing anybody, but Catherine Zeta Jones was kind of the weakest link for me. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't feel like they gave her enough. Kind to, of like, I, I wanted I, more because I wanted to. I feel see, like they I just think, wrote her cheesy. Like, they yes, did her dirty. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Abso and not in the good, dirty way. Like, yeah. it was absolutely <laughs> disappointing. And I want more of yeah. them together. Mm -hmm. Because they were so cute in the little moments of a couple as you could, but it was very um, a heightened, like, character. Yeah. This is the second time today I'm trying to say this word and I still can't say it correctly. Heightened. Caric 
caricature. 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 Yes, that one. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Heightened caricature is the most complicated thing you could say, Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulate you on it. I didn't say it, but. (laughs) It's interesting to me that they decided to take Wednesday for a character and reboot a show entirely about her. One of the things I've been feeling is this kind of uh, intellectual property fatigue where it's like, this is a really great show. (laughs) The fact that it's tied to the Adams family as a property, as a media franchise, is kind of like, eh, you know, I'm, again, not super into that as a property, but it was still a really great thing to sit down and watch. Fellow incomparableist Monty Ashley had a Mm. really good take that uh, when you remove Wednesday from the rest of the Adams family, who are all weirdos, and you put Wednesday in the context of other weirdos, without any normies around to really juxtapose, there's not much to that character, was the take that I read. My apologies, Monty, if you're listening, I'm paraphrasing you. But the interesting thing to me about the way that they wrote Wednesday and the people around her is that Wednesday's supernatural power is not physically manifesting. It's not something you can look at Wednesday and see, whereas everyone else is, you know, glowing eyes and they could be werewolves and all these different things. But she's still a social pariah because of how she acts. Everyone else is like normally acting in a very strange way. And the juxtaposition of really strange, outlandish supernatural powers versus normal social interactions makes this show uh, and the way that Jen Ortega and Wednesday kind of interact with that world feel interesting to me while also removing the rest of the Adams family to not need that juxtaposition. However, we still get Catherine Zeta-Jones and Luis Guzman in incredible small roles. I want more of them as well. Yes. Yeah, I thought they gave uh, Luis much more to do. Um, I mean, he had the prison. Uh, so I don't. Uh, spoiler. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So but, let me stop you yeah. right there and yep. let's uh, <laughs> blow the spoiler horn since we're about like almost a half hour in at this point. So I think <laughs> that, like spoiler Watch horn the, territory. Wait, wait, before we file, spoil, spoil the spoil the spoiler horn. No, the we gotta, you, you, this is twice now, Glenn. You you got to let me blow this horn. <laughs> Just let me blow the horn, man. I'm blowing it. I'm blowing the horn. Right. The horn is. Blow the horn. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The horn has been blown. Okay, now, Glenn, continue. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. I was just, I think, uh, uh, well, I don't know. Let's dive dive in. Don't let me stop you. I was just going to say that I thought Louise, uh, Louise, um, I thought he got a much more fully realized character. And I was going to say the prison scene, which was wonderful in that we got a little bit of like that Sherlock element. Like I know my father's tells and that thing with the mustache, he winks while he's like all those. And I was like, Oh, I just love that scene so much. It felt like this wonderful and seeing them in that separate Netflix thing. They really do have what feels like however genuine it is in real life. They present in a father daughter way 
that's tremendous. And they don't have the the stress that was introduced in the plot between Morticia and Wednesday. So they get to just experience that. Yeah, I thought their their chemistry, um, you know, Wednesday and her father's chemistry together as, you know, a, a father daughter was much stronger than Morticia and Gomez together. I mean, I'm just going to say it like I just I didn't yeah. feel the romance from them as much as I felt the bonding from, uh, you know, Wednesday and Gomez. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I felt it more between them. So to, to be fair, no one can ever compare to Raul Julia and uh, Angelica oh. Houston. No, that's true. So oh, together great. they were so good. But like, I, I don't want to say like, so there is a lot of a lot of like controversy and stuff online about the casting of this. And there is a lot of references, like I mentioned in the beginning, about how Gomez looks and how he feels and like this idea around how we have grown to perceive this character through the years, even though originally this is like spot on, this is spot on Gomez from like the OG comics and everything. And I'm a thousand percent here for that. So I do want to like put that out there that there's been a lot of, um, throwback Complaints. about that and what was the, com- what was the complaint i missed that was it because they the complaint him is that of, like he's, he's he's not the typical stereotype of like sexy uh thin tall and he oh, doesn't look like the so... gomez he in the movies yeah oh yeah my like gosh, that, that seems it's, so uh, it's cool. unbelievable okay. that like they would be together because of physical appearance which is total garbage um, oh my god he's luis cosman come on i mean he's yeah. i think yeah i okay so I'll i say, think he's great in the role i'm just saying he didn't have a lot of chemistry with yeah, Catherine yeah. Zeta-Jones. Yeah. I wonder if part of that might have to be with the fact that they didn't have a whole lot there. Yeah. Like there wasn't, mm. it was just unexpected of, oh, you know who these are. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, I feel like they were written pretty shallow and yeah. th- their romance, their supposed romance comes across that way too. Yeah. Here's the thing I, that was funny to me was the flashback scenes when those show up and you see young Gomez and Morticia, those actors did have chemistry. Yes, and they did. He, I was yes. totally here <laughs> with the two of them. I was like, wait, when do we get the spin off the, the prequel? To, right? Uh, we're gonna get one aren't we we might i I mean that's why they may have inserted them so much in strange times uh but no i mean and that actor did and i thought that was actually i thought the uh filmmakers or the series makers were maybe making a nod towards that by casting somebody who was kind of raul julia looking like in form and so forth and was like conventionally very handsome and thin and young um in the flashback scenes which was appropriate and then but i thought you know guzman is just i think he's a wonderful actor i thought he brought everything to it i agree about the chemistry but i'm like you cannot criticize him for being like unsexy i mean no. he's just oh, no i, I loved know. him Great. as gomez i think yeah. it totally not worked you, not you like, absolutely yeah <laughs> not, not one not you tiff i'm not yeah, i mean i'm defending myself here <laughs> I, like, I feel bad like i have i have uh you know guilt about it because uh i don't know like i'm like am i being one of the you know buttheads online because of that and it's like no no it's not because of that i'm judging like strictly on the chemistry here and I feel like as an agent of smooch, even though I don't show up that often, um, I, I feel qualified to judge chemistry on screen. Tiff, I love that we're only on shows together where we talk about shows with controversial recastings of main characters. <laughs> uh, I'm just being funny and saying, uh, Go- I think Gomez and Thing actually had a better chemistry than Gomez and Morticia. So yeah, uh, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a lie. 
She was, you know, it was Morticia was up. So they used her for plot is the problem. So mm-hmm. they gave, they, yeah. they larded her with a lot of uh, heavy lifting and things she had to do to make Wednesday's character evolved, evolve. And they didn't put that on a lot of other people in the show. Yeah. So now that we've rung the spoiler horn, let's talk about <laughs> um, kind of the overall plot of this um I keep I keep wanting to say series, but there is no series yet because there's only been one season. Um, but the second one has been announced and oh, they are filming and apparently there's a spoiler. Well, not really a spoiler, but um, Guzman has given a thing where he gets to dance and sword fight <gasps> in season two. So, oh, excellent. Excellent. Spoiler for the future All right. there. All right. So yeah, I want to I want to hear um, what everyone's take is on this monster mystery that we follow because we talked about the actors and how fabulous they are, and so now let's talk about um, what this show was actually about. In a way, I wish that they took the structure of the show and kept it exactly the same as it was. Forty five minute kind of comedy drama, interesting things happen, made it much more episodic and just entirely removed the murder mystery because even though it's the thing that is propelling the plot. I almost wish this were a 45 minute sitcom rather than a 45 minute murder mystery show. Yeah, Everybody hates long, Wednesdays. It was a long story plot to fill those eight episodes that I think that it, if they had had it, maybe half of the season be that murder mystery. But the fact that it, it went so long, and then they also tried to have episodic vibes in each episode. It was just so convoluted and well, complicated. They could have built it up. I mean, a lot of shows do that where they're like, okay, we have uh, you know, plot plot section A, B, C, and then the denouement. And the, the Hyde part did not have to run the whole thing. The Christina Ricci part did not have to run. So they could, I mean, she, they could have been segmented. So the Hyde thing is resolved, but you still are left with the question who took all the body parts, broke that yeah. up. And then the, the great end of the series is, is that, but I mean, all those little things where they're like, they introduce a character, then he tries to kill her, then he's dead. And you're, and then it's like, wait, what, you know, it just felt like, um, uh, and I keep saying this, I think we're all saying this too, I really enjoyed this and I watched it twice. So I really did, you know, like it enough to watch it a second time. Uh, but it just felt like there were kind of big plot moving machines. They had to roll into place to get certain things to happen. And then you'd get stretches where you're like, oh, this is fun. This is interesting. This is character development. This is a, a real conflict. This feels emotionally legitimate. This is just hilarious. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it felt very, it felt both drawn out and rushed at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they managed to do that. but They, they couldn't make did. up their minds. Like they, they wanted it to be episodic, but then they wanted to have an overarching, it's almost, okay, I'm imagining the writer's room, half of it looks like Enid's side and half of it looks like Wednesday's <laughs> yeah. and they are both writing the plots that- and then they all have to come together. I mean, that's That's what the whole thing felt like. The first few episodes were like chill. They are, you know, we're introducing characters. We're having some kind of like rivalry between the students. You know, we're getting to know people. We have the, you know, cool um, uh, tortured artist guy making, you know, pictures of spiders come to life. Ooh, that's kind of (laughs) cool. Like. And then, you know, we have uh, it's it's great that Christina Ricci's cast in it. I loved how TikTok, um, you know, what is it? Gen X? No, no. Gen X is the one after us. Gen 
Z. Next, what what's the the little ones? Gen Z. <laughs> Gen Z. Right? Yeah, Gen Z. yeah. The Gen Z kids are like, wow. Did you know that she used to actually be Wednesday? It's like, oh, <laughs> sit down, like sit down. <laughs> is that part of the problem? Is this show? Is this not show not for us? And we're enjoying I don't think it a this lot. Show's for us. I don't think I mean, it's for I, us. I, I really yeah. don't. It just yeah. struck me. I mean, it not. I thought not like it. I didn't think it was for smaller people, but I also uh, <laughs> on size. Sorry, younger people. But I, thought, I, I mix um, up everyone's letters in their generation. I'm not sure. It's fine. Gen Alpha sub one. Yeah. Um, the, uh, that's I, Adam. Yeah, he's I in the Alphas. I didn't think about like, um, I felt like, you know, Sandman is an interesting, again, I'll contrast it with Sandman, same, uh, you know, uh, production, or sorry, same streaming service. And similarly, like an incredible vibe, kind of a messed up plot. But but I was really compelled, and I'm watching it a second time also because I really liked so much of it so much. But um, Sandman felt like it was sort of for everyone, but maybe a little bit older and like not young kids. Clearly, maybe you know 13 up, but with this prime audience of people who are like we read all or some of Sandman, which can take you a lifetime to get through that much material. And I didn't think with Wednesday, I felt like they're pitching it towards teens, but they aren't trying to exclude me. But when we watch the show, a lot of our criticisms are like, well, as adults, we see all the plot points and right. like, oh, maybe <laughs> we're being too mean. I don't know. I don't know. Well, so yeah, like in the beginning, the first few episodes, I, I was all for it. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, young adult fiction. Here we go. Coming of age. All right. We're in this new school. We got the weirdos. We got the non-weirdos that are like, you know, harassing them. Got the I, clicks. I, you've yeah, got, I know. Yeah. I know this world. I am here for this world. And then, like the second section of episodes, the second half, it's almost like they just t- they were like, "Oh no, we're running out of time. Dump it all out." <laughs> like they just like yeah. right, spilled all their idea. Like we have Fester jumping in there for no. Like some ungodly reason, I have no <laughs> idea why I mean, he showed up. I love him. Like, it just seemed like Fred Armisen. It's almost like an SNL thing. Fred Armisen was wandering by the set, and they're like, "You look like Fester. Come on, the show for an yeah. episode and a half." <laughs> like, I, I, I liked him being there, but I almost felt like it was like it was rushed. It was like, "Oh, we need to get Fester in here." Oh, somehow. we forgot Fester. We oh, forgot no. Fester. Like, we're not signed up Fester. for a second season, so we need re- Fester here now. You know, I so really like- liked his interpretation, but yeah, it just when I was like, I was kind of waiting for Fester through the first what five episodes, and then finally, like, oh, there he. <laughs> There he is. There's Fester. <laughs> yeah, found him. Like, you know, I would have been happy seeing Fester like when she went home for summer vacation or something yeah. like that. You right. know what I mean? Like, I feel like he could have like, I just, I felt like they, they just threw all their ideas at the wall at the very end there. And it oh. just got a really convoluted and, um, you know, I, I kind of I did like the idea of the hide and it being manifested. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's the person you most medium suspect. Wait, do you do you think I think the first chunk of the movie now that you're talking about the way I'm like, it was like a chaste teen summer romp with a with an edge uh-huh. and then it turns into a into i know what you did last summer or yeah. something right yeah so but, yeah. but the first part like they have the i know it's a, a homage to the first film or the original film um but they have the the canoe scene which i thought was great they have the fudge scene which is ridiculous and then the vomiting <laughs> part and i'm like oh they're going full stand by me pie eating scene here this yeah. is it's too much but it's also they're going great. like pitch perfect over there with all yes. the oh, <laughs> <laughs> sadness up in here <laughs> yes. I'm hoping, I'm very hopeful that now that, I mean, just today, apparently, I just saw Wednesday is finally out of the top 10 of Netflix shows. Oh. 
like just today. So it's been forever that it's been like very popular. So clearly it's been successful in hitting the right notes for the right number of people. I'm really hoping that with second with the second season, they're able to kind of narrow down their goals for the plots and maybe not yeah. necessarily push out a full like, you know, murder mystery for the whole season, but have a little bit more concentrated idea of the journey in the season. That's my uh, hope. They also had such a body count that some of the people I like most, it's like, all right, Gwendolyn Christie, dead, unless she has a twin. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Ricky yeah. Lindholm, who is great. I love Ricky Lindholm. I thought her I thought she was a creepy, wonderful the thing when it's the reveals what the all the stuff they left on the side, the fact that she makes those creepy roadkill yes! things yes! and I'm like, <laughs> when is this getting resolved? It's not. She's dead no, now. She's and like, dead now. Yeah. So many all people the best are characters dying. Yeah. It's like, like a new show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, it could have been better. It's every episode were like a weird, creepy thing, even that I don't know. There's like, it's like not ghostwriter, but you know, it could be stuff more, <laughs> more like that. Uh, yeah, I feel I, like they didn't lean into building the characters because I guess maybe if this isn't for us, we are into a lot of these TV shows and, and dramas and stuff that like really take the time and give you like these deep, rich characters that just like, you know, ooze personality in all the best ways. And it's like they started doing that and then they panicked and then undid it. But like, maybe that's why it's not for us, because younger people, I mean, I know my 10 year old doesn't want to sit around for, you know, a rich character drama. Like, yeah, they just don't. Yeah. They they want they like, want the, the story. story. They want the plot. Yeah. Yeah. They want like that. You know, the resolve. They want the goofy things to happen. Like, that's what they're there for. And so I'm I'm learning more and more as we're talking about this together that, yeah, I don't think the show is for us. No, it, <laughs> I don't think it's so also either. it's like I was, you know, when we were uh, if, if you were uh, I'm perhaps not like Brian, you were alive and a teenager hey. in the nineties. <laughs> Sorry, when we were growing up, we were watching typically shows that had twenty to sometimes thirty episodes. Even like you look at Star Trek: Next Generation, they're like they cranked out I think twenty seven episodes a season. Yeah. Or something. You're like, how did they even do that? So now we know all these showrunners are like, we're going to get for lucky eight to twelve episodes a season. Maybe we'll get two, three, or if we're really lucky four, and that's it. Which is like a season and a half of a show we grew up with. So they all have to change their pacing and they're given huge budgets to make these really compact shows that people can, I think still binge or re-binge when they come out, if, even if they're coming out weekly. And I think that makes a difference. Like, you know, Buffy, you could have a lot of bad Buffy episodes and still feel like there are a zillion good ones Yeah, uh, because they, they went up with seven, right? Seven seasons and probably, I don't know, is there 200 Buffy episodes, something like that. And this show, if we're lucky, it will finish with 32, maybe 40. Will they do six seasons? Probably not. So I think yeah. that's maybe some of what is not for us, too. And that's the big problem with Netflix right now as a company, not to get all downstream on us, but the idea is that <laughs> Netflix has been so about being the must-see TV place on all of our Apple TVs and Rokus that they've kind of been blinded by the kind of cultural zeitgeistiness of all the shows that they have done. Whereas I feel like HBO has reached that same level of cultural zeitgeist without even trying as hard. Netflix is manufacturing cultural zeitgeist, whereas HBO is just making good stuff, which is why Last of Us is so huge right now. And the fact that shows like Wednesday made a first season like this 
not knowing if they would be renewed for a second season because Netflix, you know, everyone's on the chopping block. Like it's an episode of Survivor being a producer there for Netflix. I don't know (laughs) if that's something that impacted the way that they structured this show. And I agree with you, Tiff, that maybe this show isn't for us because of the... uh, the way that they approached the you know, silliness about the show, but it also wasn't that silly. If they were going for that, they should have gone full Riverdale and just made it mm. ridiculous, yeah. over the top kind of silly, which maybe was more in line with the original uh, Adams Family property. I don't know. But even like being over the top silly takes a certain type of smartness, you know, yeah. and, a, and a certain type of um, nuance Planning. to it to get really, really right. That, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe part of their audience doesn't really care. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they, they just Entirely want like a, a snarky, you know, dark macabre girl to, you know, just play the cello and be awesome at fencing. I don't know. Right. Be allergic yeah. to color. <laughs> I love that. I do love that they made her a special uniform. I thought that was oh really funny. God. That was yes. so funny. It was really good. It makes her always the center of attention without without having to do anything special when they're in the group mm-hmm. scenes. Uh, I love the uh, support and use of analog technology in this series, though. Um, it had a wonderful. What? Like, tell ev- us more. Tell us more about <laughs> you... the, the old printing pressy. Um, <laughs> no, I mean she. You know, she's typing on a typewriter. Although people pointed out it might be an Azerty typewriter, which is used in France and some other countries instead of a QWERTY which is used in the United States and England and elsewhere. That's a typewriter fact for you all that I didn't spot, but someone said it was probably a Zerti. Um, they, uh, but she, you know, she doesn't, uh, there's a scene where the hope, the hobo, the person without a home in the woods, who's really aggressive. So he has to die because he's mean to somebody and, and he stole stuff from the uh, Uriah heap store, uh, which is that a reference good. to, well, yeah, which is great. Um, but so he's using an analog camera. Oh, an analog camera. That's great. It took pictures right when we needed to. And then we developed them. Uh, she likes record players, right? She's playing uh, uh, vinyl. She doesn't have a cell, a cell phone. They use a crystal ball, which is, I guess, very old school instead of wireless <laughs> communications. So there's this kind of constant, she, you know, she goes to look in a library for real books instead of digitized ones on uh, Hathi Trust or Google Books to find the history that she needs. She needs to find an actual singular book that will tell I her mean, the truth. This is, this is all in the goth girl checklist, so I don't know oh, yeah. why yeah, you're surprised here. This is totally it's normal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I put wax seals on my letters, so all <laughs> down to it. the bangs. <laughs> it was great. I I fully support it as all, and I thought it was a good contrast too. Is that they said it in the modern world, and we know people have cell phones and computers and things, but that didn't really come up a lot. Like it didn't. It was barely an element where every other show set in the current era, it just feels like it has to be an integral part, or it feels out of place. I did not know this was a modern show until maybe 20 or 30 minutes into the episode when they mentioned Instagram outright. And I was like, oh, maybe this is just a kind of (laughs) suspension of disbelief kind of thing. And I was like, nope, uh, everyone's on Instagram now and except Wednesday, I guess. This it really reminds me of a couple of the other Netflix shows like um, Sabrina. They did like a new yeah. version of that yep. with uh, what's her face from um, Mad Men, and then there yeah. was another one I, that they I tried had done. to like that show. I think some people really liked it, but I just it was could, not I, for me either. I, I watched. I watched it and I was the like, whole thing. I did. Do, you, I did. I did. did I you like it, it or did you watch it? I don't. I think I liked it as much as I like this. Oh, and that's what Netflix right. does. It's like right. I didn't love it, but I watched the whole thing. <laughs> They did another one that was like dark and uh, like werewolf vampire thing years ago when they first started doing their mm. little series. And that was actually pretty darn good. <laughs> uh, but it only lasted like two seasons. The first season was very good. The second was terrible. I completely mm. forgot what it was called, but it was another one of those like supernatural in the real world kind of settings. Um, 
Do you know gosh. what I'm talking about? Yes. What? Yeah, with the sexy guy, right? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> every. Wait a second. No. no the, Bridgerton. No. <laughs> yes, but no. I mean, yes, but yeah. Oh my gosh! Hold on, I got. I have got to. You, you figure it out. That's it. I that's will. it. That's it. Yes. That's it. I like I that one too. The so power pretty. of Google. Yeah, so I feel like they've had like a bunch of these types of oh great shows, actors, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, and some of them have elements that have been great. Other like other elements have fallen. It's like they need to take all of these things and kind of like put them together and find like all the best parts. It's like they're they're almost there for this type of like you know gothy drama comedy thing that they have going. Yeah. Uh, my 10-year-old's biggest problem with the show was that he says Thing supposedly got stabbed in the back, and he's like, that wasn't his back. And I was like, how do you know it's a hand? I love that. I back of the hand. hand. <laughs> and, he couldn't, and he couldn't see, right? She's like, he stabbed in the back, so he couldn't see where the assailant was. I love that. That was amazing. That's Adam's biggest problem. He's like, that wasn't oh my gosh. I cried. I cried when I thought Thing was dead. I thought, oh, I know. Too. I got very yes. upset. You know, yes. It's, the show moved us, right? So. Yeah, I mean, he does have all those six scars, so you got to oh, imagine he was in some No one knows his story. Tussles. If they have a thing spin off, we might have to get mad, but, you know, <laughs> probably animated then, sadly. Yeah. I turn, I turn 30 this year, and I never stopped being a goth kid since high school, Ooh. and one of the things that I appreciated looking back on, you know, goth high school, Brian, about watching Wednesday is, thank God I'm not this snobbish anymore. I used to be the person that was like, I'm only listening to Rolling Stones. Paint It Black is the best song ever. <laughs> Nothing after 1993 is good. Um, I'm so glad that is not yeah, me anymore. Yeah, for me, it was Eric Clapton and, uh, and Led Zeppelin. <laughs> uh, Eric Clapton, he's wonderful tonight. I was like, I was in the white room, this is my jam. <laughs> I was listening to Three Penny Opera, so that's, I don't know, that's a different kind of goth or something. I don't know. I was definitely not a goth. You know, give me Spice Girls, give me Insane, give me Backstreet Boys. That was that was my vibe. But the Rainbow vibe. Unicorn the- was not a goth. I, am I shocked. know <laughs> you're shocked. But see, so I shocked. feel like that's a different kind of goth, right? Like yes. we have yeah. the Edith character and the the Wednesday yeah. character, and like the way the show puts their you know the duality together, especially like you know personified in that window and everything. Oh, like yeah. it's it's just like it's so cool to show like these two characters are both attending the same school have like the same kind of like outcast feel one of them is like sunny bubbly pink rainbows and the other is like dark uh gray uh, very very dark tones and like yet together they're both still outcasts right so Mm, like mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what weird thing you're doing or how you present your weirdness you're still a weirdo and i kind of love that so <laughs> i feel like yes. rainbow goths are just as valid as black and white goths right oh, on thank goodness it's the duality of goth <laughs> that's right <Yeah. laughs> and speaking of the goth girl handbook the fact that We've gotten this far into the episode without even saying the word Tim Burton is shocking to me, given how much I loved Tim Burton things growing up. I just looked at his Wikipedia page now, and for like 20 years, I've seen and loved everything he did. And then since 2010 on, I'm like, oh, I don't give a crap about anything he's done since then until now. And the fact that this is kind of like a tame Tim Burton thing, he's like a competent director. He must be easy to work with and can get what he wants on camera. But the fact that this is not the auteur uh, Tim Burton that we knew from like uh, Mars Attacks and Sleepy Hollow, that's kind of amazing to me that he's been able to get back into 
Hollywood's good graces and be able to make something that's this big of a deal. And not that he wasn't ever in, you know, good graces of Hollywood, given all the other stuff he's done. But I feel like now him being like a working director really suits him. I got to say some of the Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children DNA did make its way into this, even though. Again, he directed it and he wasn't as, you know, I don't think he was as deeply involved in like maybe set and character design. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm wrong. It seemed like he had a he had a more specific role in Wednesday. But um, I mean, my last favorite movie of his was probably Corpse Bride. And Big Fish was amazing. And Corpse Bride, I think, is actually I think it's better than uh, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. But uh, don't hear let anybody hear me say that. Um, yeah, don't, he was, don't say he, that in this household. Nightmare Before Christmas. Technically, he wasn't actually. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, well, Nightmare but Before Perry, Christmas, you get to watch it uh, Christmas and, and Halloween. Halloween. And, and all the time the in between. The tricky part is when you look it up, you discover that he actually um, wasn't as deeply involved in Nightmare Before Christmas Which as you probably was. Yeah. I liked it. Was. It's it just more. his name on it. Yeah. But, but well, anyway, so Miss Peregrine, I watched that film. I think it's the only thing I've watched of his maybe since Corpse Bride. And, um, you know, it's got sort of like a body horror elements. And I read the book, which is interesting and kind of shaggy dogish. Like, I don't love it. Um, the movie is all over the place. I think kind of a, a mess um, and emotionally weird. But it has, I thought the hide element, uh, this is something my, my kid also pointed out too, is um, the CG in Wednesday was not great at times. So sometimes a thing is a CG thing there's particular scenes they had to do that for right and you can't really tell which is great but they're usually fast action stuff as opposed to the the close-up uh person-to-person things which which was uh, uh almost all practical but like the hide and um when uh when we get to see the the wolf out of uh enid eventually um i felt that didn't it felt kind of cartoony and and uh, low budget at those points but not in a good way yeah mm-hmm. the hide I was agree. so grotesque yeah. I, I appreciated the hide in that, like the drawings that what was his name, Xander? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The the drawings that he was doing in oh. because of his psychic ability really represented exactly what the hide looked like. In that mm-hmm. it's kind of like a manifestation of this, you know, ulterior feelings and um, just the the way they presented it. It be, that being cartoony didn't really bother me because it can kind of like be explained away in plot but yeah Mm. the wolfing out i'm like haven't we turned people into wolves before i'm pretty sure i know there's a very popular movie series (laughs) and book series that did it pretty okay um why couldn't we get that technology that would have been great yeah it was a little bit old like wolfman to me but then again like if you want to explain stuff away, we think about, you know, the whole idea of like a song like the Goo Goo Muck being played or, you know, the the lack of technology, the idea of like embracing mm. the analog. You know, when we see Enith um, wolf out, it is kind of like that old school horror movie uh, changing point. of the wolf, yeah. right? Like it kind of yeah. looks just like that where it's like, oh, let me put some, you know, fur on your face and like a <laughs> prosthetic <laughs> nose and we're good to go. Um in, kind of in the dark so you can't really see you know like yeah. um, Ernest scared straight situation we, we, ran a bu- <laughs> we ran a budget on episode 8 problem I think but maybe that's yeah. how that works but. but I guess like yeah I could kind of like I could brush that under the rug a little bit by saying like you know we're embracing kind of that old school aspect of of these types of shows sure you know what believable <laughs> enough for me that works yeah can, can i bring up there's a plot point thing i want to mention in passing because i think it ties into the um the rushed the the, the slow and rushing at the same time mm-hmm. did 
all or any of you also think we were supposed to have learned more about uh, Tyler's mother that she's mentioned a million times. And then there's a point where they're suddenly like, well, she was a hide and, and she's gone. And like, was she killed? Did she die? This terrible thing happened 30 years ago, but everyone pretends not to remember anything about it. Suddenly she's in all the photos. They didn't pull the photos off the wall. Um, and she's got a, you know, Wednesday steals her confidential uh, student records. So they weren't expunged. I felt like there was an explanation we were supposed to get where there was a denouement and it was presented very quickly uh, so that you could kind of get the gist of it. But we missed the actual thing. I read that as setting up something about it coming in season two. Oh. But you're right. Without that context of like, oh, we're going to learn more about this later. When you don't learn more about it and there's the denouement that just flies by so fast, it yeah. feels incompetent. So I wholeheartedly yeah. agree with you. I think we're getting more <laughs> of that. All right. Let's hope so. Yeah, I do agree, too. I think like sometimes I th I feel like writers get afraid of revealing something too soon because they know how it's going to go. You know what I mean? So it's like you yeah. are too close to the project. So you're like, oh, we can't drop this breadcrumb because it's way too obvious. But with something like that, I, yeah. I because it felt like so out of nowhere it, towards the last few episodes, they needed to have dropped something. Like that, yes. that obvious breadcrumb should have been there and it wasn't. Although I, I do have to say the idea of what a hide is, I thought that was very interesting. That's something... I haven't really seen before. And mm -hmm. I thought that that was a really cool element to take the idea of, you know, the old school Jekyll and Hyde and make it into its own kind mm -hmm. of supernatural race, yeah. which is, is very cool. And that well, that part I liked. And you'd understand why they don't want the normies to know about hides because that would be devastating. Like they would just kill all the outcasts. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like there is the tension. We, you know, we didn't talk about kind of the anti-imperialist, uh, uh, anti, um, uh, you know, the, the indigenous uh, people theme going in it, which, uh, which was pretty great. I mean, there was maybe too much of the flashback to Goody and why they called her Goody, which seemed very, that was one of those things where I'm like, well, Goody is just someone's like miss or something. Yes, it's not that's what a person's I, yeah. name. Thank and I you. did not. Yeah. And I was like, am I missing something? And they're like, nope, they just keep calling her Goody. And I'm like, well, maybe they didn't do enough research or whatever. Again, and this show's yeah. not for us. It's not yeah. for no, it, it's we not know. For us. <laughs> we know too much. We know, we know too much, Glenn. Darn it. it. Yeah. But, but um, I mean, I think we haven't really talked about it because it was, I think it was quite powerfully done, but it felt like another thing, like almost, you almost wanted the show to start and it would have been terrible if it did. But with this, like, Let's look at the past and blah, blah, blah. Now we're in the present day and here's Wednesday and they play some 1990s uh, song as she goes, everybody, doo -doo, and she drives up to Nevermore. No, we're not going to do that. But I thought the way they interleaved it was like, there's all these terrible secrets. Well, the secrets are that the pilgrims or the saints, as they probably would have been called, called themselves. Um, they just killed all these people. They're terrible. And then, oh, oh, the other thing we missed is all this stuff with uh, a Crackstone, right? That's his name. The, um, mm -hmm. the uh, yeah. he, We're told we get uh, the explanation from um, Marilyn Thornhill from Christina Ritchie's uh, real character she tells us all this stuff he's blood locked it he did that you're like wait a minute we, we don't know what happened to Goody N not that we have to have all the detail but we don't know what happened to Goody later it's assumed we do we don't know how she suddenly gained enough power to I guess kill him when she was an adult and seal his crypt for 400 years like there's there were pieces that felt like this fell by the wayside in an eight episode run and it wouldn't have been 10 I don't know maybe it went too much then 
It falls into the Marvel movie problem where a character says outright a stupid rule that you shouldn't know, but it's like, yes. no, you must put all the corpse pieces around in a circle oh, and say yeah. the magic word. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah, that's yeah, the I'm one line of dialogue to like fix, you know, pages yeah. and pages of just like, right. you know, ridiculous like yeah, plot they, points. Hand wavy them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yep. The other plot bit that uh, annoyed me a lot was all of the back and forth and very obvious red herrings between Xander and Tyler. Oh I God. couldn't stand. I was really annoyed by it. Um, and you're right. Maybe the show isn't for us. Maybe people who are not watching as closely as us are like, oh, I don't know. Is it him? Is it him? I don't know. But it was too obvious that it was one of them that it had to be the other one in a big plot twist. I don't even remember all the details because all I remember at the end is, oh, this is like the fifth twist in this story plot line. I'm numb to the twists. So um, as we are closing out our love hate of this season, um, what else uh, is anyone have anything like kind of last things that they want to discuss about the show before we go? Uh, I have something ridiculous uh, and I might be able to enlist your help, all of you, because um, I feel like the show put in Easter eggs for uh, adults, particularly people who who uh, read certain kinds of literature. And uh, for instance, Dr. Kinboat, I had just my my 15-year-old, long story, read Pale Fire by Vladimir Nabokov for an English class to finish out a complicated credit thing. And of course, the protagonist of that is Charles Kinboat. And Kinboat shows up also in X-Files as a character name, you know, just 25 years ago in one of the weird, the one with Charles Nelson O'Reilly. Um, and I'm like, oh, so they're, they're putting in names like Kinboat as uh, Easter eggs or breadcrumbs for something else. And like, you look it like signs will have a name you're like oh i think that's a literary thing or uriah heap being the name of the uh of the sort of you know consignment junk uh antique store and then i'm like well that's it oh i see they did two or three <laughs> was there anything else you noticed where they were trying to hide nuggets for us like that I, those are the two that i picked up uriah heap was my favorite i'm so sad that gwendolyn christie's character died because yeah. i want more of her I, I love the the tropes that they kind of bypassed and um having, you know, this incredibly gorgeous, tall, statuesque woman be, you know, very ladylike was really uh entertaining and I want more of it, please. I uh I really enjoyed the relationship between Wednesday and Pugsley. I thought that, mm. that was really nice. I also liked how they managed to get the family back in through like a family weekend at the school i thought that that was very believable but i in particular i really enjoyed the scene where wednesday and pugsley are sitting on the dock together and Mm. they're throwing the grenades in with the fish (laughs) and like they're kind of having like a big sister little brother talk and I, i i feel like that kind of felt like a relationship that was really very genuine like i i can feel myself speaking to my little brother like that in in that kind of context where like you're away from your parents and you want to like chat with them about life and you know how you're getting older but they're kind of left behind and how that all feels and so i i, I really enjoyed that i i like the pugsley character even though he didn't have a lot of time um yeah i just felt like that that, that needed to be mentioned because that that was a yeah. nice um nice moment and some some nice uh character work in the in the show yeah the little bits of adam's family uh not even lore but kind of things that they do together that are like fun family bonding activities that are really freaking dark i really like that they brought some of that in with the grenade fishing my favorite Mm. uh bit growing up in the um god the only adam's family thing i saw growing up was 
Adam's Family Reunion, the third oh. 90s movie without uh, Raul Julia and Angelica Houston and a oh bunch of gosh. other recasts. That was the only thing I really had. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's so funny because they're like, they got guillotines and they're like doing electric chair things. It's very funny. I'm glad they brought some of that in without kind of hanging a lantern on it. Uh, the other thing is that Christina Ricci, who is incredible in the original Adam's Family Values uh, movies, I think those uh, movies are wonderful. She's great in them. For me, the excitement about seeing Christina Ricci again is from Yellow Jackets and seeing her get more work after that, especially for something that is so important to her career as a whole, I thought it was a wonderful little full circle moment. See also The Last of us and um melanie linsky all right i think that's um that's everything we've brought out our dead which is appropriate for this show yeah yeah i think that that's uh we we covered it here so that's our take on wednesday uh <laughs> which is not on a wednesday um which upset glenn very much that we're not recording on a wednesday <sighs> although i do gotta say um adam and i watch the show every wednesday like we actually oh. watched it on wednesdays together nice. which is very cute Sweet. um so even though this show may not be for us we are still going to watch the hell out of it i'm sure <laughs> uh so i want to thank all of you for joining me today and um have a spooky night. Spooky. <laughs> 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 <laughs>